today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We want to give you an update on what happened yesterday, about 24 hours ago. Uh, police uh, got a call, a 911 call from Bishop Ryan Secondary School up on the South Mountain, uh, about a caller to the school who threatened to bring a weapon. Uh, it caused all kinds of activity around there and a great deal of consternation. Uh, it turned out well. They, they found nobody, but just the same. Uh, the angst that an awful lot of people went through is rather troubling. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Will Mason, uh, superintendent with Division 30 with Hamilton Police Services. Uh, Will, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. No, nope, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Well, let me ask you, first of all, when a call like this comes in, uh, what, what kind of action do police take? What's the protocol when you get in a, a, a situation like this? Uh, generally, so when, when we get a call like this uh, and uh, a threat like this, we respond with a lot of resources very, very quickly. The school had already followed their protocol uh, by the time we got there and had gone into lockdown. So uh, it was a difficult time of day because some students are obviously just arriving at the school. So some of those students uh, managed to, uh, the school managed to divert them away from the school. Uh, so it was quite chaotic when uh, officers first arrived because you've got some students who are locked in classroom and some students that are arriving um, and just uh, showing up to attend class. But, but basically we uh, attend officers right away, uh, form up a team and enter the school and start to look for a, uh, a potential threat. Um, and then very quickly uh, our tactical team came uh, and supported those officers. Um, and essentially what happens is we keep the school in that state while we do a methodical search to determine uh, ultimately that there is no threat there on site. Now you mentioned that the school enacted their protocol. Do, do, do police work with, with boards of education, I guess businesses, anybody, because this could happen anywhere I suppose, uh, to establish that protocol of, uh, to, to exactly what they should be doing? Yeah, so we have, so the, the, the schools are actually uh, mandated, much like they're mandated to, uh, to do fire alarm drills. They're, they are mandated uh, in terms of lockdown protocols and procedures. Uh, but we do work quite closely with the schools. We have a police school board protocol. We've had that for a number of years and work with the schools on a variety of things, um, a great variety of things, but uh, lockdowns and uh, hold and secure type situations uh, amongst them. And, and how do you establish uh, exactly what should happen with that? For instance, in, in the Bishop Ryan situation, you mentioned that some students were locked down, others were not. Uh, how do you make that determination? Who goes where? Well, it, it, essentially, uh, some of the students, as I said, were arriving, were still on buses, so it doesn't make sense to take them into the school sure. um, and lock them down. We, we know they're outside of the school, and we believe the threat to potentially be in the school. So we want to, if, if anybody uh, is outside of the school, we want them to remain outside of the school. So that was, uh, that's more of a timing thing and uh, it, it kind of an ad hoc uh, situation, but it makes, it makes sense on the fly and the officers are very good. The, the protocol we use for responding to these types of incidents is very fluid and officers are empowered to make um, some pretty key decisions uh, very quickly on their own. Um, because we know that uh, time in these type of situations is uh, is of the essence. So we need to make decisions quickly. So keeping the students out of the school who are already out of the school 
uh, and diverting them away, we diverted them to a, a nearby elementary school and then had officers go there and meet with them. And, and that makes the most sense. And the students who are already in there, it's not, we can't determine that it's safe to extract them and get them out of the school. So we lock them down. That's the, so we're looking for the safest option for any student uh, or any group of students uh, based on the circumstances that we have. Now you say that you do a sweep of the school. Is that a, a classroom by classroom sweep? It is. It is. So it, uh, as you can imagine, and as I, I mentioned yesterday, uh, it's the school I think has a student population of just over 2,000. It is a very, very large school. It's a very new modern school uh, and very large. So it is a time-consuming process. Uh, but And I would think that even if you go through classroom A, for instance, and you find that everything seems to be okay, they're still supposed to stay there until you get an all clear. That That is correct. Unfortunately, because if we, as you can imagine, if, if as we move through each classroom, we then escort that class of students out of the school, uh, that slows down our process. And, and the goal is to, if there is a threat in the school, to get to the threat as quickly as we possibly can. I mean, you can't look at this in, in a vacuum, really, can you, Will? I mean, you know, this is, let's face it, this is like 48 hours after that terrible incident in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, everybody's going to be on edge when something like this is, is, is on your plate all of a sudden, both the school, obviously the students, and, and, and even your officers. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're quite correct there. I, I know that was likely on a lot of people's minds. It was certainly on my mind as I was responding to the scene. Um, it, that uh, we've had these incidents down in the States, so there's definitely a heightened awareness. But as I said yesterday, uh, anytime we get a threat like this, we take it very seriously, and we bring a number of resources to bear very quickly. Now, you've determined, uh, well, what did you determine? I don't want to put words in your mouth here. Obviously, you didn't find anything. So uh, do you classify this as a hoax or, or something that might have happened? How do you, where, are you, where are you on this investigation now? Well, I, I can't go too deeply into that. Obviously, we've got uh, we've got some pieces we've got to work through. But at this point, uh, we didn't uh, we determined that uh, there was no validity to the threat yesterday. That it was just that a threat without uh, without any actual action. So there was nothing that we found uh, in the school or, or during our investigation on site yesterday that indicated that anybody had entered the school, had brought a weapon into the school, or, or tried to cause any harm to, to anybody. It was just that. It was a, a threat. But we're going to be certainly following uh, that up and putting a number of resources into place to track down the source of that. Now, you didn't receive the call. The call went into the school. Is that correct? That is correct. Is there a, a tape of the call? Did they record this? Uh, no, it's not a recorded line that, uh, that they called into. Okay, so you don't have that. So, without getting into too many specifics, because obviously I don't, I don't want you to expose any of the investigation out here, uh, in case sure. whoever did this is listening. But, but where do you begin? I, I, just on a on a macro level, where do you begin an investigation like this? Well, it, it, it's uh, with any investigation, we look at uh, we look at talking to witnesses, and in this case, the witnesses are the people who actually received the call. So we start with we start with talking to them, and then we work we work outward from there. Um, yeah, and I can't get too far into all the investigative techniques that we'll use, but uh, suffice it to say, we, we do take these things very seriously. We did tie up a number of resources there, and, and we recognize most of the police officers on site yesterday, their parents themselves. Uh, we recognize the, the trauma this puts the students uh, and the staff through. 
um, and the impact this has on them. So we've got a pretty strong motivation to uh, find the culprit responsible for this. This is this has got to be a rather complex operation, as you mentioned. Uh, you've got officers in the school. You've got officers outside the school. Uh, we're told, of course, uh, our Sarah Kane, CHML Sarah Kane, was up and we're having a look around and. Obviously, this gathers a crowd. I mean, as parents find out about this, obviously they're going to want to head over to the school and see what's going on. So you've got almost like a crowd control situation, I would think, too. We, we do, and we we try to as best we can uh, communicate out to parents that we we just need some time to do our investigation. That uh, at the time that it was ongoing, everybody was safe, and uh, they were in a spot that was safe uh, for them at the time and to just be patient with us. Uh, obviously, we can't uh, get into the exact details of how far we are along in our search uh, while we're in the midst of it. Um, but uh, we recognize that, you know, with, a, with not a lot of information, um, a parent's thoughts leap to the worst possible conclusion. Uh, and we just try to reassure as best we can that uh, we're doing the best we can and, and we just need some time to do our job. And uh, coming to the scene and things like that, uh, and especially uh, attempting to communicate uh, with your child while on their cell phone while they're in there in that lockdown situation, while it's tempting, uh, it's uh, something we want to steer parents away from. We uh, it can spread spread some misinformation. It can create a little bit of panic, and it also ties up the cellular network, which is something we we do rely on along with everybody else for communication. And I mean, sure, that's one of the messages that's imparted to the students. Uh, you know, while they're in the lockdown, is you know, just stay off there and uh, and and let the officers do their job. Obviously, yes. Yes, absolutely. I know that oftentimes there you have drills. I mean, the officers are well trained to, to to respond to circumstances like this. Is is this something that that police services and the tactical squad work on? You know, from time to time, so that they can exactly know what they're supposed to do when something like this happens. Yeah, it is. It's something that uh, we do regular training on, and we also uh, our our training team is very good at looking at trends with these types of incidents and we adjust our uh, response tactics uh, accordingly as, as things change slightly and our tactical team is very good. They train, uh, they train on these things all the time. They're very, very skilled at what they do. Well, uh, it, thankfully nothing happened yesterday, of course, but, but uh, obviously the investigation continues and we'll look forward to updates on this. Uh, Will, thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. That's uh, Superintendent Will Mason from uh, Division 30 uh, leading the investigation as to what's going to happen or what did happen at Bishop Ryan High School. And uh, and kudos, by the way, to the school for, for jumping on this and obviously following their protocol. Uh, and I can't imagine just how frustrating and how uh, tenuous everybody was wondering what was going on here because obviously, like I say, it's time and place, right? Uh, after the terrible incident in, in, in Pittsburgh over the weekend, you get a call like this and you... you just hope that everything's going to go all right. It did yesterday. But uh, good to know that the school understands exactly what's going on, and they jump right into action with what had to be done, and obviously police service doing the same thing. Uh, we'll obviously wait for updates on this. As uh, Superintendent Mason said, the inf- investigation is ongoing into this incident, and uh, hopefully they'll have a successful result to finding out exactly who was responsible for this. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.